Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey, and 90 Min's top cat, Toby Cudworth, talking about the transfer market and what we can expect to happen over the next few weeks and months. We're in mid-March at the moment, the transfer window opening in a few months' time, the end of the season, but plenty of wheels getting in motion, and we'll talk about a few today. We'll talk Harry Kane. We'll talk Joe Felix. We'll talk Chelsea's new transfer ruling. We'll talk Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace future and Marco Asensio at Real Madrid, among other things. Uh, I am with, as I mentioned, Graham and Toby. Toby, how's it going? I mate. Went to, uh, went to West Ham on Sunday to go and watch uh, us play Aston Villa, one all draw, and now I'm even more worried about our future in the Premier League. Although, as we were discussing pre-pod, Nine teams now in the mix. So it really is anybody's guess who's going to go down. Graham, do you have a, a hunch? Yeah, as the aforementioned, we'll be talking about Mr. Patrick Vieira in the show for good reason. I think the worst team, I said pre-pod, you guys, I think the worst team in the bottom half of the table is Crystal Palace by quite a considerable distance as well. I think they are awful, awful to watch. Um, one player doesn't make a team, but you know, Conor Gallagher, when you took him out of that team, and then I'll be fair to Vieira, the club haven't backed him. In January, it was clear what Palace needed. So if they do go down, I think the board take as much to the blame as Patrick Vieira. Palace are 12th. They are the highest ranking team out of all of the nine teams who are in that mix, but five points separates Palace from bottom place Southampton. Uh, Leeds and Bournemouth in the relegation zone at the moment. Most of the teams having played 26 games, apart from Wolves and Everton, who have played 27 each. And uh, it's hotting up down there. We're seeing a lot of teams who maybe picking off a win one week and then getting smashed the next week. And then they go through a run of games where they don't win or take big points. And then they maybe win one again. So those points totals are uh, going to be interesting come the end of the season. I think maybe there's one or two teams you can see stepping away from this, but it's going to get interesting probably more interesting than we've seen for a few years. But we'll talk about Patrick Vieira, as Graham mentioned later in the show. We'll start, though, with Harry Kane, because he is the name. There's a lot of people saying, me included, Harry, what are you doing? Harry, you have to make a decision. What are you going to do, mate? Uh, Obviously, Manchester United are the ones who've been linked to him in the British press over the last couple of weeks. Obvious reasons, really. Uh, Harry Kane is a proven Premier League goal scorer. Bayern have been in the mix for a while. But obviously, Harry Kane is contracted to Tottenham Hotspur for the, for the next 15, 16 months, entering the last 12 months of his contract. Is Harry Kane going to leave Tottenham, Graham? You know, increasingly speaking to people in around Tottenham, I, I get a feeling he might not, Scott, to be fair. Tottenham have not given up on him by any stretch of the imagination. We, myself and Sean Walsh did a piece over the weekend that, you know, Tottenham are bringing him into conversations about the future of the club in terms of the manager. 
um, what's going to happen there. He's keeping him informed. He wants him to feel a part of it. And I think Kane appreciates that and likes it. It, it, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if, if, if Kane likes who comes in as new manager. We know Conte is going to leave now. It's a matter of when he leaves or have an if. But I think if Kane likes who comes in, I think he might very well sign a new contract. Levy does not want to deal with Manchester United. That is quite clear. And would he would he, would he make him stay till he's a free in 2024? Quite possibly. Um, I wouldn't rule that out either. But I think unless unless Bayern Munich unless he takes a reduced amount of money from Bayern Munich, you know Bayern Munich aren't going to pay 100 million. We know that. We'll just stretch probably stretch to 60, 70. That's the way they work. Would that be acceptable to Levy? Mm. Possibly not. I think there's a very good chance he signs a new Tottenham. Before I bring you in, Toby, Harry Kane this week. Where we're at as a club, we should be winning trophies. That's always the aim. Top four alone is a consequence of not playing as well as we want to play. Now, that's all we can fight for. So that's going to be the goal. And hopefully we can achieve that come the end of the season. But, but for sure, it's not enough for this club. Seems to have been enough for the last few years. Cups are not important to Antonio Conte, by the name, by the way, the, the teams that he names. Cups weren't important to Pochettino when he was there initially. The one time they did get to a cup final under Jose Mourinho, they sacked him a few days before the final and put, put Ryan Mason in charge. So, Toby, bear in mind now, Man City, Arsenal are good. Newcastle will invest. Chelsea have spent 600 million, they'll spend more. Man United look like they're on a better road than they've been in for years. Liverpool will be back, I'm sure. Is Harry Kane ever going to get more than top four if he stays at Spurs? No. He's going to go around in an endless cycle of what he's been doing for the past few years, hoping uh, that Spurs can, can improve. But you've said it on previous podcasts. Everybody else is spending as much money as Spurs, if not more. They're going to get better. And Tottenham, are, every season, they're fighting for top six, let alone top four. That's where it's going to get to with Newcastle continuing to invest over the next couple of years. There's no guarantee that Spurs will be in the top six. So if Kane does commit his future to Spurs, he's basically signing up for the odd cup competition win, isn't he? They're not going to challenge for the Premier League title. I just cannot see it. And I think for a striker who has been the best in the Premier League for the last half dozen years, that's a waste. Um, I really would like to see him go to Manchester United or Manchester City even. No, Erling Haaland's obviously there now and he's going to be there for two or three years. I would still say that that could be an option for Kane in 2025, maybe, when he's 31. 32 could be a two-year deal or something if Haaland's ready to move on then. But again, it's wasting the next couple of years for Kane at Spurs as they fail to really push on. Um, but yeah, I just, I just don't see what Spurs' project can possibly deliver for him. I don't know what you think, Scott. I just don't... I don't get it. Well, I, I've made my idea pretty clear on a number of different podcasts that I've been on. I Maybe Harry Kane would like to sign a new contract at Spurs. But like you say, Toby, it is... I think even Spurs fans are now coming to the point where they think Harry Kane is, is wasting his time at Spurs. And uh, Graham, you, you, you know the situation. Uh, Pochettino on the list. They've been there before. <laughs> so is Harry Kane not making the same mistake that he's made two or three times in his career before by committing to this again when we already know that Spurs are not prepared to invest at the levels that other clubs are in the Premier League to win trophies. I don't see there was mistakes in signing contracts at Tottenham. And I think it's a bit, you know, if, if, if it's that easy to predict who's going to be top six, guys, then, you know, I don't think many of us had Arsenal winning the league this year, did we? Um, not many of us had Newcastle top four. Some of us did. But I think, you know, he would have the belief. I think if he signed a new contract, and if it was Pochettino, maybe someone else, if it was Pochettino, then he would have the belief that they could maybe challenge. They're, they're not a million miles away. You know, oh, uh, Graham. 
They are. I don't think they are. I think especially if Pochettino comes in, I think they've got a manager up there with anyone, most most managers in the league. Look, look United have appointed a good manager and look what their turnaround is. I, I don't think signing for United guarantees him league winners' medals by any stretch of the imagination. Gives um, him a better so, chance than Spurs. Hmm, possibly. I don't think that's a definite. I don't think it's a given. Um, it depends what he wants. If he wants silverware, he goes to Bayern Munich. Which... You know, buying, buying uh, are in the background here. They're not, they really, really want Kane, but obviously they're not going to mortgage themselves to the hill. But, you know, they, he knows the project, what's an offer there. He knows what the, the options are. And as Toby said, I think, I think, I think he could do two years in Germany and come back and then still have a chance of breaking scoring records, come back to Tottenham. I think if he does go somewhere for two years, it'd be more likely to be buying than if it was to United, where I think it'd be longer term. But, um, I, I see. I said as, as it stands now, speaking close to Tottenham, gauging their opinion, I think they think he might sign a new deal. It's very Tottenham, think he's though, a... Toby, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. You know. Is Kane a bit of a victim of his own success since he signed the last contract that he's continued to play at such a high level and score so many goals? Daniel Levy's valuation of him obviously hasn't dropped. But he's priced himself out of being able to move to Manchester United, potentially, given the other options that are available. Victor Osman, Dusan Vlaovic. Osman would cost more, but he's younger. Vlaovic, I would imagine, would cost less than what Daniel Levy would want from Manchester United for Harry Kane. Is that a thing? That Kane's almost played too well over the past two or three years? That he now can't engineer the book move that he really deserves? But this is the thing that I, I think is pertinent here. He is in a better position to do that now than he's ever been before. He has 12 months left on his deal and he has that carrot. If, of course, if he wants to do this, and I'm not saying whether he wants to do this or not, but I can, theoretically, you can say, you sell me for a fair price or I'm going to run my contract down and I'm going to join one of these other clubs anyway for nothing. It is, but then the options are gone, and, and I, I don't see United getting I, 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 the I, I don't, aren't going. And, and that, <laughs> Harry well, Kane well, on a free transfer to any I, of those clubs. I, is, I don't see United. Happen. I don't see United getting embroiled in 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 a big saga this summer in in for Harry for a striker because they need this striker. They need number nine, and I think they'll 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 know before the end of the season what they're doing. And I don't think if if if, if Levy is kicking his heels, I don't think it'll be Kane. My point is. Harry Kane needs to kick up a stink here if he wants to do it. Yeah, the only thing I don't see Kane doing is leaving on a free transfer. I don't think he'd want to do that to Tottenham in some kind of blind loyalty kind of way. If Spurs aren't going to sell him, he knows what he's worth. It could be at least 70, 80 million to the club. Will he walk away on a free transfer? I don't know. That could be the one other factor to consider in terms of will he sign a new contract at Tottenham? potentially, because he doesn't want them to miss out on getting a fee for him. As daft as that sounds. Let us know if you're listening. Uh, get in touch with us at underscore Scott Saunders, at Toby underscore Cudworth, at Graham Bailey. What you think Harry Kane will do, what you should do, obviously, no. There's a lot of things at Tottenham that need to be corrected. We'll talk about goalkeepers in a second. Hugo Lloris needs replacing. I was speaking to a Spurs fan yesterday, insisted they need two centre-backs. They need a creative midfielder. And if Harry why Kane does, why do they need two centre backs? Have you watched Rome- them? I think Romero is one of the best centre backs in Europe on his day. Do, do you not? Well, he's the only one, isn't he? Really, mm. if you look at the rest I, of their central defence, I think I think the, obviously Dai is very serviceable. Um, I think <laughs> yeah, in a, in a dream world, you know, it's like, you know but, the these top, top, you're speaking Tottenham fans who are very in a bad mood at the minute, aren't they? But not but not on the but not on cloud nine like you are, Scott. To be fair, these Tottenham I'm not fans. on cloud nine. But we're yeah. talking about ambition here with Harry Kane, aren't we? This is Does the whole thing really I'm talking wants, about. Like he cannot look behind him and see Christian Romero playing with either Eric Dyer, Clement Longley. Ben Davis, Davinson Sanchez. It's not up to scratch for a player of Kane's quality. And if he does have ambition to win trophies, they absolutely have to bring in at least one other player to go alongside Romero. Those other guys are oh, not I think, I, they are looking, the I upper echelons of yeah, European I, I football. Say, I don't think they need two. I think they need one. They need the midfield. They need that attacking midfielder, which for some reason they've refused to buy, haven't in the last few windows. They've refused to buy that James Madison type 
player to unlock defenses. Um, and it's a bit, it's a bit of a waste, isn't it? We're seeing that front three, um, possibly like Kane, Son, Richarlison hasn't had a look in. But I'd be excited, you know, if Pochettino, if he is the man to come in, what he could do with Richarlison, Kane. So you know, I think if Kane, if if Pochettino got his hand on this team, I still think there'd only be three first team players away. From what? Challenging top three, top two, possibly. Is depends who we depends who. Well, he says that, yeah, these players say a lot, don't they? See, see, there's only him who can answer that. But I think I think the, whoever Tottenham getting as manager will be key to the whole Kane situation. I would I just like to, to remember when Harry Kane played a round of golf with Gary Neville and said, I want to win trophies a couple of years ago. I don't think he's changed his mind since. But yes, we'll see. Uh, Harry Kane's got to get out of Spurs. Difficult, difficult job if he wants to do it. But we'll talk... I think Spurs need a whole entire new core, personally. Goalkeeper, centre-back, creative midfielder, possibly a striker as well. Maybe you can put Richarlison in there and he can fill the void if Harry Kane does leave. But that is, that's a lot of money to spend. And Spurs' transfer record of spending money, as has Daniel Levy has said in the last month, has not been very good. Mm-hmm. So, will they spend money on David Raya, Graham? Interesting one, David Raya. Yeah, we we did a piece um, on this. David Raya has told Bournemouth he wants to. He's not going to sign Brentford. Sorry, Bournemouth, Brentford. But he's um, not signing a new deal. Made it clear he wants to leave. He's attracted a lot of interest, and I'll come to you guys in a minute. I'm never been hugely convinced by him as a top top goalkeeper. I think he's a very very good Premier League goalkeeper. Is he a top four goalkeeper? I am not entirely convinced. I must admit, I don't think, for instance, I don't wouldn't put him in the same bracket as a David De Gea, for instance. I don't think he's he's anywhere near that. But um, he wants to leave. However, Brentford have also we we understand from sources close to the club they they have set a price on him and will not let him go for anything less. And it might be the analytics coming into this. Who knows? But they will sit on him if they don't get the money, the price. They're not selling him for 10, 15 million, That's for sure. So it'll be really interesting. This goalkeeper market is interesting. You know, we know Everton. Uh, sorry, Tottenham have been looking. They'll be looking at Everton's situation. What Daniel Levy is probably not praying, but maybe hoping Everton finish bottom three because that would make getting Jordan Pickford a lot easier. It really would. There's the Onana situation at Inter. There's a lot of goalkeepers out there, Scott. There really is. Um, Robert Sanchez was always linked, but he got dropped the other week um, for, my, for my pal Jason Steele. Um, really interesting, but David Rea, hey, 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 we just played golf with Jay, former Middlesbrough man, that's why I know him, former, <laughs> Middlesbrough, former Middlesbrough man. But I was delighted to see him make his um play in the Premier League again, Jason. He's a top lad. Um, but on David Rea, yeah, I'm just not convinced by him, as I said, guys. But there are clubs who like him, but this Tottenham one as well. The other, the other person who would call keeping this conversation for Tottenham who really from what we understand, wants to join Tottenham, it's Emi Martinez at Villa. Do we see a domino effect? Does Rhea then become a target for Villa? Yeah, I could see that. And they would be a pay for him. So we might see a few dominoes need to drop here, Scott, for these goalkeepers. But there's a lot of teams who want goalkeepers. United will come to... Obviously, we don't know what their goalkeeper situation is just yet. Probably will be De Gea. But yeah, it's an, David Rhea is an interesting one. I don't know what you guys think, but I just don't see him as being that top, top class keeper. No way, Tom. Well, I don't think any of the keepers that Spurs are in the market for, you would put in the bracket of top, top keeper. Pickford, good. Very good on his day. Amy Martinez, in my opinion, good. Very good on his day. World Cup, I will, heroic. I will just spotlight. put this out there. Amy Martinez contracted until 2027. Mm. Yeah. And he signed that at the back end of last, last year, year. Committed himself to a new five-year Back to that Kane thing, Scott. I think we may see Martinez... Like you wanted Kane to do, you may see Martinez agitating for this if Spurs did try. I can see, I can see Emmy Martinez doing that, but getting a bit big for his. He's also Spurs paying money. Do you think Spurs are in the opposite situation? These keepers, would you? I I would put Martinez and Pickford ahead of Rear, would you? I probably would at this stage. Um, How old is David Rear? Twenty-seven. Okay, so he's older than he's older than I thought he was. yeah, I don't see him as a top four calibre keeper either, but he has been very impressive at Brentford. And I know Sean Walsh uh, speaks very highly of him. 
both his shot stopping ability and his distribution with his feet. So from that perspective, it could be something that Spurs want to look at because we know Hugo Lloris's distribution has been poor at times, uh, very up and down as well in terms of shot stopping. But I don't think Spurs have got the pulling power to look for anybody better than this calibre of player. So again, circle back around to the Harry Kane conversation. <laughs> Is the goalkeeper standard that they're looking at enough to deliver what Harry Kane wants to achieve? I would argue they'd just be treading water and going around in a circle. David Raya, uh, for me, I know that Manchester United have been linked. Oh, there is some interest there. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but I personally think if you're... I, I, I look at David De Gea's shortcomings and I am one of the ones that thinks it needs to be addressed sooner, than, sooner rather than later. I know that Graham is on the opposite side of that fence. Um, his distribution is not great. I understand... Even David Rye has taken David Hayes' place in the Spanish national team over the last few years, right? Uh, Luis Enrique link with Spurs was presiding over that. For me, I, I think it's a bit of a risk. I, I agree. I don't think he's perhaps as good a goalkeeper as David De Gea is, but he gives you that. Maybe you sacrifice some shot-stopping ability for the distribution. I, he wouldn't be my first pick, for 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 example. He's I also not very physically imposing for a keeper, is mm. he? David Raya. Mm. He's not overly tall. I think he's only six foot or maybe six foot one at a push. Very Hugo Lloris. Modern stature, day keeper. It? it reminds me of Lloris in mm. stature quite a lot. I would also look at the fact that United have had De Gea and Dean Henderson, who is still there, still owned by United, as two players vying for one position. And this would be the kind of same situation this David De Gea does sign an extended contract on reduced terms. And I don't think that always works. What do you, what do you think, Graham? For De Gea, having, what, having two keepers? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it'd be interesting. You know, I, I, it's been suggested to me that David Rear and United, it could be that if they could look at him and, and bring him in as a number two to De Gea, uh, being interesting, you know, it's, it'd be a very good key, very good option. You know, would he take being number two at United? Everyone dismisses that. I wouldn't necessarily dismiss out of hand, but um, I think United, obviously, they are looking at options. We know they're looking at Costa at Porto, Scott, but I think, yeah, there's options out there. I think United will make it a bit earlier this time around. So, obviously, Jack Butland is still there, um, hoping to be probably third choice. Um, I think they will bring a number two in to the here, but um, I, I think to hear, um, one once we know that situation is going to become a lot more. Um, we'll, we'll know a lot more. But I, at this point, I don't see De Gea leaving. Do you, Scott? I was just about to ask you the same question. Is it? Is I this I think, pretty I think much? He a, I think I do think he signs. But is there any chance that he doesn't? Possibly, but I think he's such a crucial figure in that dressing room. I think Ten Hag loves him. I think he loves. Well, I know for a fact he does. In his his. He embodies everything about United spirit um, in, in the changing room. He comes out and fronts up, as you say, quite a lot, Scott. I think, as I said, a Ten Hag still has a lot to do at United. He's got a lot of issues to correct. I said, and I don't think the goalkeeper situation one of them. That's why we'll see. Maybe in 18 months it will be, yeah, Scott. And, mm. and, and that, I think even next summer they may look at it. But I think this summer they've got a few things to do. Midfield, possibly De Jong, striker. I just think that De Gea stays for another season. It's something we can we can put to the back of the to-do pile for at least 12 to 18 months. Most likely scenario for me at the moment as well. Uh, let's talk Chelsea. Let's talk Joao Felix, Toby. Uh, what is, what's the situation there with Joao Felix? Chelsea are in the last eight of the Champions League. They are struggling to finish in the top eight of the I Premier League. I thought they won the Champions League, Scott, the way they celebrated beating Dortmund last week. I thought they won it. <laughs> They do. They do have enough quality in there to give it a good fist, a good fist of it. Um, but obviously, they're not the favourites to win the Champions League. But you've seen crazier things happen uh, in the past. João Felix, though, is on loan until the end of the season. No option to buy at the moment. Is this going to be a deal that's worked out more permanent, Toby? Do you think? I think it's a deal. Chelsea are keen to explore it at the very least. Joe Felix's time at the club has been a bit up and down so far. Was sent off in his debut appearance, uh, made a mistake at the weekend, which led to Leicester's equal, uh, 
yeah, Leicester's equaliser uh, at King Power. He's hooked at half time, but he's also shown glimpses of what he can do. He's got a very good goal at West Ham, and he's been one of the few players in Chelsea's you know kind of recent struggles that have has offered a bit of promise for Graham Potter. And Chelsea are looking at it, as you say. There's no deal currently in place with Atletico. There's no agreement in the loan deal, but there is a hope that talk can be kicked off and they can get underway. Atletico do. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply want to get Jao Felix off the wage bill. Um, the only stumbling block could be that they're still going to demand a fee likely in the region of 100 million euros, which for Chelsea isn't a problem, as we've seen uh, with Todd's deep pockets. And the player himself, we understand, is keen to at least speak to Chelsea and explore doing this as well. So it's something that could happen even without Chelsea qualifying for the Champions League, which... I think is a nigh on certainty now that they're going to miss out on the top four. They could make a late push for a top six finish. They've won their last three games in all competitions and with teams around them starting to lose games, they could close that gap. They could even finish seventh and squeak into the Europa Conference League. So there could be... That, though. <laughs> probably not, but it could be a little caveat, couldn't it, for some kind of European football to build on and then have a successful season next year to push again for the Champions League once they've strengthened in a couple more areas. So it may depend on whether or not Chelsea can get rid of some other players as well. We know that they need to get rid of the likes of Christian Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, among other people. Um, and doing so would allow a space for Felix in the squad. But it's not close, but it's not a million miles away. I would say that there's willingness from all sides to try and find an agreement. Some nice segue there uh, in terms of players getting sold into Chelsea's new rule, uh, which potentially is a reason that Mason Mount's future is not quite certain at the moment. Obviously, he has interest from a number of Premier League rivals. Chelsea's new rule, Graham, with current squad players, and they have about 20 million of them, uh, is if a player won't commit, they could end up getting sold. And there's a lot of players potentially on the chopping block. Yeah, that's basically you know Chelsea. Chelsea want commitment, if nothing else, from the players, uh, and that's what they're making clear. And and as as you like to point out, Scott, in many pods, they have a lot of players. <laughs> so it's basically you know from Kovacic talks to sort of hovering around talks. Him if he says no, he could very well go this summer. Um, says Aspilicueta, Bamiyang, Loftus Cheek, Pulisic is mentioned, Mount is mentioned. There's so much. Levi Caldwell still at 
still at Brighton. Callum Hudson Adoy at Bayer Leverkusen. You know, Kai Havertz and Ben Chilwell very much been linked with moves away as well this summer. So Chelsea are going to, they're going to be very busy ins and outs this summer. So I don't think the I think in terms of having that big squad, I think they still will have a big squad, but I think we'll see an awful lot of departures. We really will. And like so Kovacic, for instance, he's a really interesting one. I think we should keep an eye on him, guys. He's he's one to he, he is on the list of a lot of clubs where if suddenly Chelsea put him on the market, I think they'll just want his wages, won't offer won't ask for a huge, huge fee. You could see a Man City Liverpool even coming in for him. They appreciate him. He's a quality footballer. He knows the Premier League. Keep an eye on Kovacic. I think he could be someone to move across the top four, just like Jorginho did. At Manchester United, if you're looking for an option. Yeah. Well, as well, Scott, yeah. It, it, do you know what? If, if you didn't get De Jong, there wouldn't be many better options. I think Kovic, he's a, we know he's a wonderful Similar. footballer, of course he is. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So, I w- and Chelsea, you know, they do have to just get some of these wages off the wage, but I, I, I think that'd be a, a very nice fit if you didn't get um, FDJ. Yes, that is obviously up in the air at the moment. Uh, United are looking for a midfielder. That is just me purely speculating there, but it does make a lot of sense. Um, As we say, Chelsea have a lot of players and they have some decisions to make. Uh, I'm sure we'll touch on every podcast uh, that we do moving forward over the next few weeks on Chelsea because there's a lot of stories going on there, uh, especially with players that they want to bring in as well. But let's move to uh, Brighton. Uh, new deal in line for one of their breakout players and some updates on some other first teamers as well, Graham. Yeah, uh, Mitoma, for me, I don't, I don't know what you think on him, guys. For me, he would be in my Premier League 11th this season. Very much one of the Premier League players of the year. Think about where he came from. He was playing in Belgium this time last year. Yeah, and Cairo Matoma, he's 25 now, and he's coming on that deal that he signed originally um, for Brighton. So he is due, he's due a major pay rise here. And there are obviously clubs who sniffed around him. We've even seen Real Madrid scouting him, etc. But he's very happy at Brighton. He wants to stay, and he's going to get his just reward. And we've seen Brighton as with Caicedo and McAllister, who we'll come on to in a minute before the World Cup. They do reward their players. And Matoma, yeah, he's due to sit down. Preliminary talks already happened. And he'll be getting a massive, massive pay rise at Brighton. Let's uh, talk those other players. Graham Adam, Lalana, Solly March, and we'll come to McAllister afterwards. Yeah, Adam Lalana signed his new deal. Um, one year deal. Um, he's loving life under Roberto De Zerbi. Um, a lot of people are. Um, so he stayed. Solly March, his new deal is close, guys. Love Solly March, you know. Um, you got, remember you guys taught me how to put him in my World Cup squad. Remember, it was so I, I I hovered with him. He probably he has a very good chance of beating Gareth Southgate's next England squad. But to be fair to you guys, he's a different player now, isn't he? From six months ago, very different player. He's got an end product, and so <laughs> no, I I, th- I think it's got. If if Solly March, you guys raised the query when I was putting him in a bit tongue-in-cheek, but I've always loved him as a player. But now if he was in, I don't think it would raise many eyebrows if he is in the next England squad. I mean, but he's one of the well, main form English players. He's no longer a utility man, is he, Graham? Under Graham Potter, he played in various roles, whereas Deserve yeah. he's kind of nailed yeah. him down to one position, and that's perhaps why he's flourishing even more than he was before. Yeah, and that's a system very similar to what Southgate plays, so he will be signed soon. Alexis McAllister is an interesting one, guys. Will be a story, depending on when you listen to the pod, will be up on the site. He is agitating for a summer move. He, We know this from after the World Cup. He sees, his, he sees himself... I'm not going to say he sees himself as too big, but he's a World Cup winner. He knows his interest from elsewhere in the Premier League. He knows his clubs on the continent. Obviously, you advise him, don't sign a big new long-term contract pre-World Cup is the message to go out there to players. Um, uh, He's got a tough negotiation on his hands here. I believe Brighton finishing the European places will have a bearing on this as well. If they finish in the European places, we think it'll be top seven. We'll get your European spot, don't we, guys, this season? The way it's panning out in terms of FA Cup. And and do Brighton finish top seven? Probably, we would say at this stage. So, yeah, he's going to be... Him and his representatives are looking further afield in Brighton post the summer. Um, be a very interesting one. Be an interesting pick up for someone. But as we saw with Brighton and their steadfast belief that Casido wasn't going to leave in January, um, we'll, he signed his new deal, but we will see him again. I don't think Brighton will be in the mood 
to um, let Alexis go, but we'll see what sort of fussy kicks up. It didn't. They weren't very happy with Leandro Trossard, were they? But they did get the full price for him. McAllister with his new deal in, in November, he signed it. I think it's a very different proposition. I think he's going to have a very tough time in his hands getting out. You mentioned there about Brighton's bid for European football. They are seventh in the league at the moment. They've got games in hand on all of their rivals. If they beat Crystal Palace, who are not very good at the moment, by four goals in midweek, they will put Liverpool, who love the number seven, into seventh. Uh, interesting prob- observation. Mm. I think a final uh, will of the Palace might have other ramifications, Scott, as well. <laughs> uh, Brighton, obviously, uh, doing very well at the moment. They do, they do have an outside outside shout at top four, as you've said in previous shows, Graham. Uh, does strike me as one of those teams that will eventually tail off. But, you know. I'm, I, th- I think they've got the firepower. You know, the young boy, Ferguson, I'm sure Jack in Nightman office, the future for Irish football is looking very good because he looks an outstanding talent. He really does. That number nine. I love the he way... how young he was. Yeah, it's remarkable. They've got another young Irishman as well called Andrew Moran. Very good young player. They beat Manchester United too, I believe, Scott. So the... I love the way the Brighton, yeah, they do go looking in Ecuador, but they also go looking in Ireland and different players. And their scouting system is a, is a thing to behold. It really is. And... Um... Obviously, where McAllister came from as well. Really interesting for Brighton. It's one of these a bit like Newcastle, isn't it? The higher you get, you're going to have to start rewarding these players. And Matoma's new deal as well. But sometimes you can give them all the money in the world, but sometimes they will want to leave, like it looks like McAllister does. Uh, we did touch just, on Crystal um, Palace there briefly. Go on, Toby. Sorry, I was just going to say, just looking at the table, it's interesting to see how it's kind of split we talked about the bottom nine contesting relegation it's actually quite tight isn't it below brighton the gap is close to four point brighton in seventh and aston villa in 11th i'm not sure they're necessarily in with a chance of wrestling away a european place but it shows that chelsea are not fully out of the conversation if they can string together a couple of wins um it could be them brighton liverpool kind of challenging for sixth and seventh. It'll be interesting to see what happens between now and the end of the season. Is Chelsea in the Europa Conference League with the size of their squad a potential good thing for them? I think a club that size being in Europe is is, is the minimum, isn't it? And, um, you know, I, and they've had a couple of good wins, yeah, but, you know, it's, it, imagine if they don't qualify for Europe. It's just... Very, very strange. The the fact that and he might not qualify Europe and he gets and Green Park gets away with it. You know, it was it September he took over this team. September, yeah. you know, this is his team. Yeah, now. September. Yeah. It's like, like we're all acting as if he got took over in December, like like in January or something. This this is his team now. It's his squad, and yet they've had two. As I said they've had two 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 decent wins. But Dortmund, you know, this is Chelsea celebrating like that to to qualify for the quarter final of the Champions League. This is Chelsea. That's what you should be doing. You shouldn't be celebrating as if you've won it. It's ridiculous. Um, Celebration <laughs> police over here, turning up. Uh, I'm talking chances. You know, you're beating Dortmund to qualify for the quarterfinals, though, Scott. It's just ridiculous. We were talking about Brighton. Uh, they play Crystal Palace. If you're listening to this later uh, in the week, they will have already played by now. Uh, but Palace not in good nick at the moment. Silly penalty against Man City to give away, uh, to take no points at the weekend. But we talked Palace at the top of the show and things aren't looking very good. Graham, what can you tell us on the future of Patrick Vieira? Yeah, um, he might not have one at Palace. That's a, that's a be on end all of it, Scott. You know, they, they've had a horrendous run of form. I said, um, I think they're the worst team in the bottom half of the table. We've seen it coming, what the. There's, there's only leads with less wins in the league this season than them. They're just not scoring goals. Um, they didn't back the manager in January when they should have. They knew they needed a striker in January and they didn't do anything about it. So I do feel for Vieira a bit, but they're plummeting down. They haven't had a win this year, have they? I, I believe that's right. I, I said, I'm if I was nearing my bottom three now, I'd put Palace in it, guys. And I think Steve Parrish is massively worried by this. And their run of games... Is bad. Um, what is it? Is it Arsenal and City? Oh, so he played City. It's Brighton now and Arsenal. Arsenal at the weekend, isn't it? Um, it's to the point, and they lost to Villa before that. It's to the point where we are told, guys, if they do lose heavily to Bright to Brighton tonight or Wednesday, sorry, um, he he 
Steve Parrish could make a change. If he gets to Saturday, he may give him the Arsenal game for what for whatever that that is worth. But as it stands, Patrick Vieira is going to be lucky to finish the season as Palace manager. Palace's run is Brighton and Arsenal away before the international break. But then you think if you if you are to make a change during an international yeah. break, it might be the, yeah. the the right time to do it. And then you go into a run of games of Leicester at home. They're right. A lot, lot of six points. Leeds away, <laughs> Southampton away, Everton at home, Wolves away, Crystal pa- uh, West Ham at home. That is literally six games in a row against teams around them. So, so Toby, nobody likes a good six point than Toby at the minute. So, yeah, I think they've got the most games out of all of the teams that are in trouble. Palace have actually got the easiest quote unquote run of fixtures between now and the end of the season. I think eight of their twelve games are against teams in the in and around them. So on paper, they could potentially get out of it. But as Graham has alluded to there, they can't score goals. And I don't think they've had a shot on target in their last three games, which is a Premier League record. So that is obviously not making them either. Let's, do, we, uh... do, you, who you, do you think Palace are going down, Scott? I'd, say I'd put Palace in my bottom three. I would have Palace... My bottom three would be Palace, Southampton, and Palace, really... Southampton, and and Everton. I think would be my three to go down. I'm really, I'm Ooh. really struggling with it at the moment. There's a. Uh... You like me, Scott? I can't coming... put, I can't, I can't put Leicester and West Ham down. I know they're there. I know they're out of it on relic- on goal difference. I just think they're both too good to go down. But uh, I agree. Uh, you, yeah. it's weird, isn't it? I think the bottom three as it is now is the bottom three I picked the last time we had this conversation. I'm going to stick with it. I think Bournemouth, look, I'll tell you what's with Bournemouth, I think there's, there's some of the January signings are looking really good and Utara looking phenomenal on the wing. I, I think Bournemouth are playing some of the best. And I said this to you guys when I saw them at Leeds and where they threw away a lead where Tavernier's playing. But I think Bournemouth are playing some of the best football down now. Showing a real spirit. I wonder, though, if their performance level has maybe peaked too soon because they've been playing well for weeks. You don't want to do it just yet. You want to do it in a month's time in a weird kind of way. So I still think Bournemouth are are banging trouble. Who's your three, Tor? As of right now, I say Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, and I still have doubts over Leeds. I think Southampton potentially could squeak out of it, but it's close, isn't it? It's not defined for sure, but I do think Nottingham Forest are due a slide down the table as well. Their home form has been exceptionally good and it might come unstuck. We will uh, move on to a few young players' futures in the next few minutes, but first Toby will give us an update on Real Madrid forward Marco Asensio, who is on the agendas of a few clubs across Europe? Yeah, he's been linked with a move away from Real Madrid for a couple of years now, hasn't he? He's struggled ever since he tore his ACL in the 2019-20 season to get back into the first team on a regular basis. It's obviously a a devastating injury. Um, And his minutes have been marginalised. He's shown flashes of, of brilliance in that time. But even this season, he's only started... 28% 28% of Real Madrid's 19 La Liga games that he's featured in. And he is out of contract this summer. And it's our understanding. Me and Graham did the story this morning that intermediaries have made it known that he would consider options away from the Bernabeu. We still think his preference is to remain there, um, but he would want an assurance over minutes under Carlo Ancelotti and to know that he's actually a key part of Real Madrid's future going forward. But Clubs have been alerted that he could be available this summer on a free. Um, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, Real's two fiercest rivals. We know that they, like Asensio, uh, Bayern Munich, Juventus, PSG, among some of Europe's biggest clubs to take a look. And Arsenal, Chelsea and Man City also admire him as well. So he wouldn't be short of suitors if he did decide to leave Real Madrid. But I think it's at the stage now where he's testing the water as people are testing the water to see what move is potentially out there. But ultimately, if Real gave him a contract offer that gave him what he was looking for, I think his preference, Graham, is to remain in Spain if possible. Yeah, it, it appears that way. You know, I think it's Premier League clubs and 
Um, like some bang PSG looking not fully convinced that he wants to leave Spain. Still, he's 27. He and it's amazing his name's not coming up more, isn't it? He could be one of the best free agents out there this summer. You know, has he got back to that level he was at? He was phenomenal, wasn't he, before he got injured that time? But would he rather play a dozen games from Real's bench? Mm, possibly. I, I wouldn't rule Barcelona out making a move for him. You know, who nobody can predict about what Barcelona is going to do in the transfer market. But um, yeah, I, I think if he did move, it might be in Spain. So I would think, yeah, more likely to be in Spain. But if he did come over here, he's a, he's a special player. Let's talk about Graham. A couple of teenagers who are catching the eye of some clubs domestically. Uh, Ethan Nwaneri is the is the young lad who made his debut earlier this season, right? 15 years old. Uh, interesting Chelsea. And then we also have Bailey Rice of Rangers, Graham. Yeah, Ethan Nwaneri, he's basically Arsenal struggling to time down. And there, there is interest from around. From, from what I'm hearing, he'd like to stay in London. So it obviously means... Probably not Tottenham, but Chelsea are very much keen. We've seen how they like to upgrade their academy, like to sign young players. Um, so, yeah, that's basically Arsenal struggling at time down and Chelsea like him a lot. So, if he does leave, it looks like Chelsea are firm favourites here. He does have interest from abroad, you know, from, from Dortmund. I'm hearing you'll be able to read about this as well on site. But, yeah, Chelsea are very much um, making moves, uh, flattering their... their I was going to say wallet at him, but flying their eyelashes, shall we say. <laughs> and uh, let's talk the Rangers youngster, Bailey Rice, as well. Yeah, wonderful name, Bailey Rice. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously. Uh, we, yeah, he's been likened in Scotland to, 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 to his namesake, Declan. No relation. He made his debut. It, really interesting, this guys. He made his debut in February against Livingston. Um, the Rangers' youngest ever league player, not the youngest ever player, because that's Derek Ferguson who played in a, um, a cup tie. But 25 hours before making his debut against Livingston, he was captain in Scotland's under 17s to a, the hammered Switzerland. Um, I think it was in Spain. So, like, he played, literally played two games in 25 hours, one captain in his country, and then making his debut for Rangers. So, remarkable. Um, few months it's been for him. Uh, Michael Beale likes him a lot. Um, he was signed from Motherwell last summer um, when he turned down Man City at the time. But yeah, a lot of clubs looking at him, including Real Madrid. You know, when I think when some good 16 year olds come up, I think clubs know about them pretty quickly. Um, and obviously, everyone south of the border knows about him as well. But um, interesting one that this guy's Bailey, Bailey Rice, uh, defensive midfielder for Rangers. Um, if someone comes calling, as we know with Rangers and the financial situation in Scottish football, it'd be very hard for them to turn down a good offer. I'm still laughing at the great name uh, joke you just made. Uh, it's not a joke. It, it, it's a genuinely good name. It's a genuinely good name. <laughs> uh, we'll see. That's two two names there. I'm sure you'll be hearing a lot more about over the next 15 years or so. Uh, if I didn't, John, I, I didn't even look up Billy Rice's date of birth because it would depress me too much. I'm going to do it for you. <laughs> I might, Don't do it. Uh, Don't do uh, it. 4th of October, 2006. There we go. Oh, dear. Good grief. Let's talk that's about... Actually, actually, it makes you two feel old. That's that's quite good, actually, because I was old anyway, but it makes you two feel old. <laughs> let's, uh, let's finish today's show with uh, another, I believe, another teenager, Carlos Baleba from Lille, who is interesting a number of Premier League clubs. We'll go to Toby for that one. Yeah, central midfielder, box-to-box uh, midfielder who can play in the, the holding role as well. He's only played a dozen games for Lille. Uh, joined them last summer from an academy in Cameroon, but he's been very impressive for Paolo Fonseca's sides. And it's our understanding that a number of Premier League clubs are already looking at him. Arsenal, Liverpool, Manchester United and Newcastle, among those to have watched him. And uh, Serie A champions AC Milan actually made a bid for him in January that was knocked back. Uh, so he's got plenty of clubs looking at him. As I say, he's not made too many appearances yet, but... He could be one to look out for this summer. The only thing I would say is that Lille kind of view him like Amadou Onana, who they sold to Everton in the transfer window last year. They don't really want to negotiate a transfer, but if they received an offer, probably in excess of 30, 35 million, it's something that they would consider doing. 
But uh, as it stands, just a number of clubs looking at him. And I guess the progress he makes between now and the end of the season could be key to whether or not a bid goes in this summer. We will indeed see about that. Uh, we've talked through, we've been going 46 minutes. We've talked through a number of players' futures uh, today. We'll be back next week for another Talking Transfers to talk all about probably some of the players that are, that are on today's show. We might have an update or two on them, uh, but plenty to go around, plenty to keep us all entertained in the world of transfers. From me, Scott Saunders, Toby Cudworth, and Graham Bailey, uh, thanks for listening. You can read all of today's stories if you would like to not just hear about them, but to actually go and read them as well. 90min.com forward slash transfers, Toby. Forward slash categories, forward slash transfer. Forward slash categories, forward slash transfer. I should really just to keep right. ev- Yeah, just to keep everyone on their toes. Yes. Uh, you can also visit us on social, 90min underscore football on IG, Twitter, 90min.com obviously for the website uh, and you can find us as well on Twitter at underscore Scott Saunders at Toby underscore Cudworth and at Graham Bailey for all of the latest thanks very much for listening everyone we'll see you very soon for another Talking Transfers Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.